You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Mission Matters Live, a program focused on promoting a spirit of mission among the people of God in the Archdiocese of Chicago. I am Megan Mio, Director of the Global Mission Office for the Archdiocese of Chicago, and our engineers this morning are Mike and Brian. You are listening to WNDZ 750 AM, and you will hear Mission Matters on the second Wednesday of the month at 8 AM Central. This month, We are blessed to have with us two African religious sisters who have been collaborating together and with other leaders through the Pan-African Catholic Theology and Pastoral Network, or PACT-PAN for short. This network is a community of African scholars and pastoral agents in the Catholic tradition who seek to read the signs of the times in Africa and the world through the hopes and cries of African peoples, especially the poor. Members of this network promote, create, curate, and celebrate their Catholic, intellectual, cultural, and spiritual heritage as Africans, while also offering best practices in the pastoral field for a vital church. So these are leaders from all over Africa who have come together to work together, to find new ideas, to develop the work of the church and the the theological and spiritual knowledge of the church. So we have with us today two representatives, Sister Leonida Katunge, a member of the Sisters of St. Joseph Mombaza in Kenya, who is the program director with the network. She has a PhD in theology and is working on a PhD in laws while also practicing as an advocate of the High Court of Kenya. Multi-talented. We also have Sister Titilayo Aduloju, a member of the Congregation of the Sisters of St. Michael the Archangel in Nigeria, who is working with others on an initiative focused on the Church of Now with the network that's working with young people in particular. She holds a PhD in New Media Literacy and teaches media literacy and other communication courses. We are blessed to meet these two very accomplished women who are leaders in the faith and in society, in their two nations and and across Africa, in the world. So good morning, Sister Leonida and Sister Titilayo. We're glad to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning, Megan. Good morning, good, Megan. Yeah. Good to see you and good to be here. You know, I said good morning to you all. It is not morning for you <laughs> because you are Zooming in with us from Kenya and Nigeria, respectively. And so it is actually evening <laughs> where the two of them are, but here it is morning. So we're so glad to have you with us. It's amazing what technology will help us do to connect 
Um, so wonderful to have you. So I said a little bit about your background and uh, a little bit about your connection with the um, Pan-African Catholic Theology and Pastoral Network, but I hope our listeners could learn a little bit more about each of you. So um, I ask you to please introduce yourselves and tell us about the ministries and communities where you're currently involved. And maybe Sister Titilayo, could you get us started? Tell us about yourself. Sister Titilayo. Oh, <laughs> maybe she can't hear. Can All right, you? thank you Go very ahead. much, uh, Megan. Yeah. Like you have already said, I am Sister Elizabeth Itilayo Aduluji. I am a Nigerian, and I am a member of the Congregation of the Sisters of St. Michael the Archangel here in Nigeria. And presently, I lecture at the Department of Communications Studies at the Catholic Institute of West Africa, Port Harcourt. Uh, Port Harcourt is in the south-south uh, geopolitical zone of Nigeria. I teach media and information literacy, media ethics, and other communication and media courses. I am also a researcher. I, I research on youth and children and the digital media, digital era. I also teach uh, methodology, research methodology, the same uh, institutes. Mm -hmm. And outside the outside the, the church and the school, like you have said, I am also a member of the Coalition of Media and Information Literacy in Nigeria, mm -hmm. where we are trying to create more awareness about media and information literacy that all youth school uh, students from all levels should be media literate, mm -hmm. considering the era in which we are. And we're also trying to pave ways in, in seeing that this course uh, become a core subject in the curricula of Nigeria education. Thank you very much. Wow. Okay, now let me ask a clarifying question. When you're talking about new media and media literacy, are you talking about, of course, use of computers, mobile phones? Um, are you talking about using Facebook, social media, things of that nature? When you say media. Yeah, when you, when you talk of media and information literacy, it's more than just the new technologies. We look at the print media, the, electro, the all of electronic media, and others sources of information like archive, library, books, and all that. So it's all encompassing. It's more encompassing more than the uh, media education or media literacy. So this looks more broader than just the media literacy, where you yeah. just look at the media test alone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we live in the information age, and there's a lot of information yeah. coming at us. Um, and for young people in particular, that can okay. be very overwhelming. So thank you. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And Sister thank Leonida, you. would you please introduce yourself? So good morning from Kenya. And um, I'm pleased to be here, and thank you for having me. I'm uh, Sister Leonida, as you said. Sisters of St. Joseph, Mombasa, Kenya. And I'm a member of the Pan-African Catholic Theological and Pastoral Network. I'm a theologian, as you said, and up until 2021 December, I was lecturing at the Catholic University of Eastern Africa and Tangaza University College is an affiliate college of the Catholic University of Eastern Africa. 
where I was teaching um, a sacred liturgy, uh, basing myself on uh, the sacraments, what you call sacramentology. I'm also, a, you know, a specialist, if I may say, of death and funeral rites mm -hmm. in a Christian sense, because that is my research area. And of course, again, I have an interest in uh, cremation that uh, most of the people will be running away from, but I'm an expert in cremation, not only, you know, practically, but also theoretically, because I've written on that and I'm still researching on that. Mm. And uh, apart from being a lecturer in the university, then I am also an advocate of the High Court of Kenya, what maybe in the US you call uh, attorneys. So I'm an attorney in Kenya mm. where I practice and I major in family law, okay. uh, real estate and property law. And also um, uh, I, I also do a bit of a bit of litigation, mm -hmm. but not on criminal matters, but on civil matters, if I may say. Then I'm also a, a student I'm pursuing my second PhD in law. And I'm specializing in environmental law, that's oil and gas law. And um doing this because of interest in climate change. And that's why I opted for oil and gas because of the effect that this has or has had on uh, climate issues. And that's why I am actually taking it seriously when it comes to the changes in the climate, global warming, and all that pertains to the environment. Mm -hmm. Um, also, as I said, a member of the Pan-African Catholic Theology, Theological and Pastoral Network, mm -hmm. and I'm the program's director. Yeah. And I'm pleased to work in that network and for that network, because out of it, as we will discuss, much has been achieved. And uh, we are hoping to go high and higher in the search for what we are aiming at in Pact One. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I think it's really interesting um, that both of you have these skills uh, that go beyond kind of theology and spirituality. You certainly, I'm sure, have skills in those areas as well, but with media and with law uh, and sort of the legal route, um, that there is, there's ways that these two things come together and that uh, the church can benefit from your knowledge and skills in these kind of secular worlds as well. Um, I know, having read the research uh, on, on you, Sister Leonida, that, that your legal degree and your ability to, to practice law has helped your congregation and other church institutions because of uh, the need to protect the land and, and ownership and all that kind of stuff. I, we won't get into that necessarily, but it's, it's useful. It's very practical. And, um, and I think it will serve the network as well to have your skill sets, both of yours. Um, so that's wonderful. And now you introduced that you're both part of this Pan-African network. And um, I just wanted, we're going to talk a little bit more in detail about the network itself and, and your goals and what you've accomplished. But just be curious if you both would say, how did you hear about it? How did you get involved? And what does it mean to you to be part of this network? Um, Sister Titilaya, would you like to say a few words? All right, thank you very much. Um, I actually uh, became a member of Pact Ban in 2022. After, oh, sorry, in 2020, 2020, after the Enugu Congress, uh, through a friend and a sister who has been who has been uh, with the network, 
Sister Antonia Bolanle Ujo. She attended the Congress in Enugu, and when she came back, told me a lot of good and impressive uh, uh, stories about the network and uh, the future of uh, the network. And I was uh, captivated and I, I said, oh, I can also become a member. He said, why not? I said, is there any restriction? Maybe you have to be only those in theology. He said, no, you can be. So, and I, I decided to be, and I came to be a member. Yeah. And I participated in the Nairobi Congress in 2022. I was there live and I I presented a paper. I so it was after the Congress that I actually became active and involved in the network. Mm-hmm. It was after this that the coordinating servant, uh, Father Stan Shu Ilo, um, approached me to be or to coordinate yeah. the steering committee that will prepare university students in Nigeria for for the encounter they will have with the Holy Father in November 2022, which we actually had, and it was a great success. So that was how I became a member and also became active in the network. Excellent. Uh, what the network means to me, um, well, I see the network uh, like a village square, you know, where everybody is welcomed, where we all meet, to tell our experiences of God, our stories of God in African ways. Mm-hmm. And one great thing that I'm happy about in the network or with the network is the spirit of inclusiveness, the family setting atmosphere where everybody, everyone uh, is welcomed irrespective of your area of studies. You don't have to be a theologian, like I've said, or uh, uh, be in the church or doing pastoral on it. So every area uh, is uh, welcome. So it's that, that inclusiveness, irrespective of your experiences, your culture or countries. So your voice is heard mm-hmm. and your talent you are bringing in is appreciated. Yeah. So the network also, one of the things that I, I cherish and that it holds to me is that it serves as a, it's a strong group. Uh, for advocating for young people. Young people's voice must be heard. Mm -hmm. So it serves as advocating for young people in the church and also developing training manuals for young people and the the official ministers, both in the seminary, in the formation houses, and the church at large. So this, uh, well, I can say that it really means a whole lot uh, for me. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be done, and there's a lot of possibilities that this network brings about, right? So actually, we're out of time on this segment, but Sister Leonita, we're going to hear what you have to say on this in our next segment, so hold that thought. We'll get back to you in a moment. We'll be right back to continue our conversation with Sister Leonita and Sister Titilayo. Please stay tuned. self-sufficiency program has assisted thousands of single parents who are working to become more self-sufficient through education and employment opportunities. Our experienced case managers accompany participants for up to five years on their journey to identify, address, 
and break down barriers to improving their quality of life and achieving meaningful goals for themselves and for their families. Professional, compassionate assistance is offered in a safe and trusting environment as participants develop the skills needed to become financially stable and able to support themselves. Every achievement starts with a decision to try. To learn more about Catholic Charities Family Self-Sufficiency Program, call 847-782-4233 or visit catholiccharities.net. Folks, you probably know that on March 13th, we celebrate the 10th anniversary of the election of Pope Francis as the Bishop of Rome. Ever since his election, he has asked the people of God to pray for him. And so we are joining in an effort asking Catholics on March 13th to say 10 Hail Marys for him. You can learn more about this and register your name at artchicago.org. I encourage all of you to participate in this support of the Holy Father as he celebrates a decade of service to the people of God. For more than 20 years, Catholic Charities Adult Protective Services has been advocating for seniors who are the victims of abuse, neglect, confinement, or financial exploitation. With our partners at local, city, and state agencies, our trained case managers follow through on every concern that is brought to our attention in a cooperative way to ensure that our seniors are safe and protected. According to the Illinois Department on Aging, last year nearly 21,000 cases of elder abuse were reported in Illinois. Of these, only 5% were reported by seniors themselves. So raising awareness is an important part of this issue. If you are concerned about a senior you know, call 800-252-8966. That's 800-252-8966. With your help, we can stop elder abuse and look out for the seniors in our lives. Welcome back to Mission Matters Live. I am Megan Mio, Director of the Global Mission Office, and I'm here with Sister Titilayo Aduloju and Sister Leonida Katunge, religious women, educators, leaders in the faith and society in Nigeria and Kenya, respectively. So uh, before the break, we were just getting to know both of you, and we started to talk about the Pan-African Catholic Theology and Pastoral Network. Both of you are involved in this organization, and I want to just say a few words about it, and then we're going to go back to Sister Leonida to hear about how you got involved and and what it means to you to be part of this network. And then we can talk a little bit more about the goals uh, and mission of this network. So I want to make the connection. It was mentioned in the last segment, but um, this network was founded by participants in the first Pan-African Catholic Congress uh, on Theology, Society, and Pastoral Life, which was in 2019, right, in Enugu, um, Nigeria, held there. 
And the network is now housed, actually, at the Center for World Catholicism and Intercultural Theology at Chicago's DePaul University. So there's a connection with Chicago here. Um, But there are offices also in Kenya, Nigeria, Democratic Republic of Congo, and in Italy. The coordinating servant, as was mentioned, for PACPAN is Father Stan Chu Ilo, who is Research Professor of Catholic Studies, World Christianity, and African Studies at the Center um, at DePaul. So we have that connection here in Chicago, and he's really how I came to, to meet both of you as well, how I came to know about you. And in hearing about this network, I wanted us to share this news with our folks here in Chicago and here all over the U.S., because I think it, it is an inspiration to, to think about what may be possible when we come together in a network like this. And so um, I wanted to, to have people hear more about this. So the network is an agency for interdisciplinary research for African Catholic scholars, pastoral leaders, church frontline and grassroots workers in the cities and villages all throughout Africa. And of course, we know there's a lot of diversity in Africa, different nations, different peoples, languages, um, traditions. And this network provides ongoing online academic conversations and formation, theme-centered research, publications, and a biannual Pan-African Catholic Congress, which um, uh, Sister Adeloju just mentioned uh, on the current issues in the church. So I just wanted to give our listeners a general overview because there's a lot in there. Um, but maybe, Sister Leonida, you can say a little bit more. How did you get involved? What does it mean to you? And, and what do we need to know about this network um, and its goals? Please. Well, it looks like she might be frozen. Perfect timing. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. Okay, so Sister Tutelaya. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell uh, us a little what, bit? Uh, it looks like she's back? frozen. Now, would you go ahead and tell us a little bit about um, your involvement with uh, the Pan-African Network um, and your what? work with Coming. young people? Can you talk about your work with young people, the Church of Now? All right. Okay. Um, they, they, uh, you know, um, any society, any group, any association that does uh, uh, not really care about. Uh, can we, do I go on or I give, we give a chance to sister to talk? Sorry for that. Maybe we can have sister talk then okay. and then we'll come back to you. <laughs> Thank you for trying. But maybe okay, sister Leonida. Um, okay. Thank you. Leonida, Sorry for that. Please. I met Father Stan, who had come to Nairobi for a congress, and I was also a participant. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the year 2018, October, he informed me there was supposed to be a congress in Enugu, Nigeria in 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually sent me an invitation letter and a research paper that I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I worked on the formation of pastoral agents in Africa. And uh, it's here, uh, then I found myself for the first time in West Africa. And the first country that I went to West Africa was Nigeria. There were so many participants. And if I may say, uh, so much was discussed. And for me personally, I thought, just like another Congress that we had attended before, that was the beginning and the end of it. Mm. We knew it was a theological forum right. where theologians and pastoral agents meet. Yeah. And when we finish the Congress, right. their story comes to an end. Yeah, it's a one-time but thing. Yeah. 
Bye. It was a one-time thing. <laughs> but but after the Congress, we sat and decided that we'll be having this Congress every two years. Mm -hmm. And it is here where we are supposed to now register as members and begin research, publications, and all that. This uh, first encounter with so many theologians, African theologians, you know, we were meeting and I did not know that I would one day become the project director <laughs> of the programs director of this important organization. Yeah. Because after the first Congress and the publications, I got another invitation in the year 2021 when we were preparing for the Congress in Nairobi, where I happened to be living. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to be in the local organizing committee for the second Pan-African uh, you know, Theological uh, Congress. And it is here where I got so much involved as one of the organizers. And when the event took place in Nairobi, it was massive. I met so many people. And the people I met at this time and point who became very important and key in my life, some of them, of course, we are coming from the Vatican, one Emil Sikuda and Monsignor Lucio, who came from the Vatican. I met them for the first time, and the impact that you know they had in my life after the Congress was so great and so massive. And this is the reason as to why I may say I'm here and I'm speaking so happy proud to become a member of this important network. And in a nutshell, I can say, I'm actually among the foundresses of this uh, network because I mm -hmm. attended the first Congress and organized for the second Congress. And I took a very active role in this, uh, you know, in this, um, you know, in this event. Now, what the network means for me, as I speak right now, it is everything for me. I said, I was practicing and I'm practicing as an advocate of the High Court of Kenya. But with Pactman, my time has now shifted from my practice to Pactman. I'm sleeping Pactman, <laughs> I'm breathing Pactman, and I'm waking up Pactman. Yeah. Even right yeah. now, as we speak, my phone ringing, ringing, not because of my practice as an advocate, but Pactman. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. for now, in 2023, Pactman is everything. And I thank God for Pact One because it has seen me grow, it has seen me get connected, mm -hmm. and it has seen me move from one stage of growth as a religious woman to a stage of getting to understand how to socialize with people, how to behave and how to link up with people, and actually meeting different people, as you said, from different cultural backgrounds, mm -hmm. you know, ethnic groups, and bringing them together. And as we speak right now, have managed in my own capacity to bring together 44 African countries speaking wow. different languages into one forum. And I thank God for Pact One. Thank you. That is amazing. Yeah, you know, my, from my limited knowledge um, of, of PacPan and 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 what led up to it, you know, this Congress, like you said, it was the it was the first of its kind, right? The Congress that was held in 2019, the African Con Catholic Congress. Um, it's it, this network is something that just breathes life into the church. I think throughout Africa to bring people together like this, to show that you're not alone in your work and. Um, that you can support one another across all these different areas of study and work and, and ministry. 
Um, so I wonder if Sister Titilaya, we have just a moment or two before the end of this segment, but could you speak about your particular work with young people in the Church of Now research area? Uh, uh, yes, uh, like I started saying that uh, the Church of Now, oh, okay. Like I started saying that any group, association, society, countries that uh, does not incorporate uh, the young people hmm. into whatever they are doing, it will perish. So uh, young people are very important to the realization of the mission and vision of uh, PACPAN uh, network. Mm -hmm. And a whole unit, a whole unit called the Church of Now mm -hmm. is dedicated to the young people. Mm -hmm. okay? And you can see how important young people are to the realization of this mission. Yeah. Yeah. So the Church of Now unit cares for the young people committed to contributing a more vibrant church. We believe that uh, young people have a voice yeah. and they have a lot to offer the church. Mm -hmm. So we, we, the network is doing a lot, a whole lot, and is creating an environment conducive for them to make their voices heard. Mm -hmm. Their gifts are being honest mm -hmm. and being cherished. So gone are those days when we refer to young people as the future leaders right. or the church of tomorrow. No, yeah. that assumption to me is no longer tenable, is no longer correct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they are the church of now. And part one is assessing that, is holding on to that, and is doing everything in their capacity to not show this fertile sector of the church mm -hmm. in order to have young uh young africans who will be rooted deeply rooted in the catholic faith so these young people are very important and i'm working i'm happy working with young people in africa particularly in nigeria and we continue to share a lot about the young people as we as we move on yeah. thank you yeah we're going to talk more about that in our next segment but it is time for another break. I can't believe it. The time flies when we're talking. But we'll be back in just a moment to talk more about this network of African Catholic voices. Don't go away. an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219.
year 44 for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. They see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed, what, what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach, apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Mission Matters Live. I am Megan Mio, Director of the Global Mission Office in the Archdiocese of Chicago, and you're listening to WNDZ 750 AM. I'm here with Sister Leonida Katunge and Sister Titilayo Adiloju, religious women leaders and teachers in Kenya and Nigeria, respectively, and collaborators with the Pan-African Catholic Theology and Net, uh, Pet, excuse me, the Pan-African Catholic Theology and Pastoral Network. It is a bit of a mouthful, but it's because of how much work that goes into this and how big of a network it is. So you have to kind of think big, Pan-African, Pastoral and Theological Network. So uh, as we were discussing before the break, the work of this network brings African scholars and pastoral workers together for discussion, listening, and work and planning, uh, and just as our Synod on Synodality has done around the world. For those who are familiar with this Synod, um, in fact, Pact Pan, the network, co-hosted a virtual dialogue between Pope Francis and a number of university students from all over the African continent in November 2022. That was mentioned earlier uh, in our discussion, but I wanted us to spend a little time on this in particular because it's a great example of what Pact Pan is interested in doing and has already accomplished, and there's continuing work following it as well. The event was called Building Bridges Across Africa, a synodal encounter between Pope Francis and university students. So, um, as I mentioned, November of 2022, I understand Sister Leonida was a moderator for part of the discussion. So, I'd like to hear from you. What was it like to bring the Pope together with university students? And what happened during the discussion? 
can't hear you. <laughs> well, I actually was the um, head of the steering committee in Kenya. Okay. And uh, as the head, I was bringing together different youths in, you know, forming cohorts in our Catholic universities here in Kenya. Mm -hmm. I managed to have uh, five uh, cohorts and the preparation was not easy because it was a digital uh, preparation mm -hmm. where the youth were not meeting physically, but they were meeting virtually. Mm -hmm. Our mm -hmm. own meetings with them was also virtual. Mm -hmm. Some found mm -hmm. themselves in the same university and this somehow became easy for them to collect together, share ideas and discuss together. But to link with the rest of the youths in the other parts of the country then they had to do it digitally. Mm -hmm. For me, I tried my best and I had actually to provide even sometimes money for them to buy bundles because they were claiming the network problems, we don't have money and all that. Mm -hmm. But when it was actually the, you know, the, 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 the last days mm -hmm. towards, you know, the event, the preparations got so you know, intense. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw myself like not sleeping for two, three nights oh because I had to link people and, you know, everyone. I was the liaison between the people in the United States of America, uh, Italy, and Africa. Mm. It was not easy for me. And I also uh, got a, you know, a sigh of relief when I was actually, you know, you know, placed in the program where I had to moderate one of the sessions mm -hmm. and this meant uh, linking the Holy Father directly to the youths of five uh, or four uh, countries that had to moderate. The feeling on that day was not an easy one because I've actually attended, you know, audiences with the Holy Fathers from uh, the late, uh, you know, Pope Benedict the 16th when I was studying in Italy. Mm. I also mm. happened, you know, not to meet uh, Pope Francis when he came to Kenya, but actually I went to the studio because I had to commentate on that day when he had the public mass in one of the, you know, in one of the, stu in, in the one of the stadiums here in Kenya. But this time round, it was me and the Holy Father and the youths whom I was coordinating and moderating. Mm -hmm. So uh, the emotions were high mm -hmm. and addressing the Holy Father. And actually the fact that I saw him looking at me on the face and actually calling him Holy Father with me here, five youths, uh, it was great. Mm. It was great. Mm -hmm. It was virtual, but for me, it was like I was speaking to him one-on-one. -on -one. But I managed, and uh, the deliberations and the moment was great. And I know, and I believe that the experience of that particular day is what is holding me today. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. I will not see how I would actually let the Holy Father down after himself thought of initiating the Beauty Bridges initiative yeah. where the youths who are called the digital youths will have 
a digital synod because they were not involved physically like uh, most of them uh, you know people did in our parishes and in our archdioceses and dioceses in africa and all over the world but it was here having a synodal discussion with the youths which is still on and then what else can i say that was the beginning of it and we are on it until further notice Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm happy because it happened that uh, one of the, uh, you know, persons who were assisting the Holy Father in the studio, the hallway was seated, got a photo of me and the Holy Father looking at me on the face. And that's the photo that I have on my profile. I don't feel like, you know, removing it. I framed it actually in my room, yeah. but uh, it, it was a great encounter. And I thank God for that. The 1st yeah. of November, 2022 remains a memorable day in my life special day thank you i can understand being nervous and anxious about all the things that can go wrong (laughs) and the preparations necessary um but what an opportunity and and the hope that that experience i'm sure brought you as you've said it brought you and all of those young people who are involved um you're right there's a responsibility that comes with it too um to continue and uh, Sister Titilayo, I know you've been working with young people, in fact, uh, on the Packed Pan website and, and or through the podcast, you can see two um, kind of interviews that Sister Titilayo led with young people who are part of this Building Bridges initiative, um, talking about what they're doing. So if you could just tell us a little bit about what young people have been up to since that uh, synodal encounter. Uh, yes. Um, yes, we we met the Holy Father on the. Uh, we had an encounter with him on November first, and uh, since then, uh, young people have been very active. Mm-hmm. And to me, the 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 encounter with Holy Father still remains the best thing that has happened to the young people in recent time in Africa. Mm. One of the best things. Mm-hmm. that has happened to them. Mm-hmm. It has renewed their energy, their focus, and the seal for the church. Mm-hmm. It has sharpened their understanding of what synodality means because they studied the documents. Mm-hmm. They studied the document, Christus Vivit, mm-hmm. chapters 5 to 7. All of them read this and they understood they had a sharing among themselves. And that is what is still carrying them until now mm. they so they now appreciate themselves they listen to each other they reflect together and share their experiences together and they are now coming out with a lot of creativity and talents on them mm. so they now they have that feeling that they are they are important in the church they are important to the church mm. they feel inclusive and that the church loves and cares for them mm-hmm. And another thing I see that that the Holy Father himself listened to them, not that a bishop has to listen to them and relate to the Holy Father, but Holy Father himself listened to their voices, uh, their experiences, and their challenges, and also encouraged them on step-by-steps on what to do, and what they should take to make themselves more relevant, and participatory, not only in the church activities, but also the political uh, environment, the social and cultural activities of the environment. Yeah. 
this makes them very, very happy and cherished. You know, I've been running this podcast with them and they have they have always been telling me this they continue to tell me this experience is like a a, a, a a drive for them so it's driving them and it's driving them in the positive uh, channel mm -hmm. and recently the the holy father the recent visit of the holy father to the, the democratic republic of uh, congo and the uh, south sudan have created another opportunity for these young people uh in these countries to have one-on-one -on -one audience with the Holy Father. I think now they feel happy that they can relate with the Holy Father, that they listen to them. They put him as a caring father, a listening father. This is what I have been hearing. Like all, all everybody should be like Pope Francis who listens and cares for the young people. So these faith influencers in this country also have uh, opportunities to chat with him. There was this, uh, they have, Oh, uh, uh, there was a session. They have sessions mm -hmm. for for them for faith influencers to meet with the Holy Father. I think this is making them happy. They are posting the pictures everywhere, yeah. and this is driving them to do more good things in the in the church. Yeah. And I see that their orientation, their orientations have changed. Yeah, the orientation of the young. Catholics in Africa has changed since after the encounter they had with the Holy Father on November 1st, 2022. Yeah. These young people from different countries now have uh, been embarking on various projects, ranging from planting of trees, uh, taking the issue of Laudato Sea very seriously and passionately, that is, in caring for the environment. Mm -hmm. And some are even making moves to eradicate plastics in their communities, yeah. you know. Some are writing on political affairs. The last podcast I had with the Kenyans, they told me that yeah, they believe now that uh, politics is not dirty. It's not a dirty game like they have been thinking mm -hmm. or the assumption they have. So they are writing on politics to enlighten themselves on that and to do just themselves, but the general public. Yeah. Some are building applications, Catholic applications called Afritolic and have I would be very happy to see this coming to life. Okay, some are holding virtual talks on on topics uh, relating to synodality and uh, holistic development of young Africans. Mm -hmm. uh, some are negotiating with the church leaders, political leaders, and even NGOs on getting funds to to set up small skills businesses to create jobs for themselves wow. so that they won't be running after the politicians yeah. to, to, to to create a crisis yeah. and conflict in their society. So they have been doing a whole lot since after the encounter with Holy Father. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, and running with energy uh, from that experience, I'm sure. I, I know I read an article in the Na National Catholic uh, uh, Reporter uh, that one of the things the Pope said is don't stop dreaming to the young people that he met with. Yes. And, yes. Uh, and I think he recognizes. Chris White wrote that. <laughs> Chris yeah. White, White yeah. wrote that. <laughs> and I think he recognizes, especially among young people, there's creativity, yeah. there's openness, there's new possibilities that we haven't even considered yet that young people can bring. 
and are bringing to the church currently. So it's time for our last break. If you can believe it, we're almost out of time here. But we'll be back in just a moment to conclude our discussion with Sister Leonida and Sister Titilayo about African Catholic voices. Stay tuned. core to Catholic Charities' founding mission. For more than 100 years, we have met people and families where they are, serving anyone in need, regardless of their faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. As our world absorbs the economic, political, and social aftershocks of the pandemic, 50% or more of the 6 million people living in Cook and Lake Counties have little or no savings. They are a paycheck away from zero. We are deeply grateful to everyone in the Catholic Charities community who partners with us to alleviate the suffering of the people we serve and offer them a better path forward. We are witnessing a message of mercy and hope to a world very much in need. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. Welcome back to Mission Matters Live. I am Megan Mio, Director of the Global Mission Office, and I'm here with two African religious sisters who have been collaborating with the Pan-African Catholic Theology and Pastoral Network. We have Sister Titilayo Adiloju and Sister Leonida Katunge. So we've been discussing, and that, that last segment in particular is just wonderful um, to hear about the work of this network already happening um, amongst, especially among those young people that you gathered with Pope Francis. Um, but we've been discussing the importance of coming together for dialogue, listening, um, the time to share your skill set, share your, no- share your knowledge and um, what excites you, what, what needs to be done uh, in, in different parts of Africa, and this space just to discuss the challenges and opportunities in our world and the gifts that Africans bring to the world church. So um, as we're uh, in our last segment here, um, and there is so much um, I'm sure that you could share about the work of this network. Um, I wonder if Sister Leonida, you know, you talked about that you're, you're living and breathing and sleeping and everything packed pan, this, this network. Um, 
tell us about, you know, what gets you the most excited? What are, what are some of the next goals uh, and, and dreams for the network? Thank you. Uh, Pact One has got nine units okay. and the uh, research units, mm-hmm. ranging from children, the youth, that's we call the church of now. We have women. We have uh, matters to do with the environment, ecology based on Laudato Sea. We have got, um, uh, you know, health and healing. We have genocide and mass killing. And we're also having a look at LGBTQIA. Mm-hmm. You realize that uh, the church of now, that's the youth uh, unit, which is uh, not new as such, but actually with the Building Bridges Initiative, mm-hmm. it may sound to be new in our network. Mm-hmm. And because the other, uh, you know, eight units are established, and now it's like uh, the Church of Now, uh, you know, uh, BBI coming under the Church of Now. It's one of the units that is taking most of my time as the program's, uh, you know, director, mm-hmm. because we need to build this unit. And after the encounter with the Holy Father, mm-hmm. there came in now uh, in full swing what we are calling the digital synod. The church listens to you. Mm. This is a church that is listening to the youths, not only of Africa, but of the entire world. We are actually working in collaboration with the Dicastery for Communications in the Vatican. Hmm. We are collaborating with the Commission for Latin America. We are collaborating with the Dicastery for Integral Human Development in the Vatican. And also, you know, uh, you know, Chicago DePaul University in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. You realize that BBI, the Beauty Bridges Initiative, is actually our focus right now. And as we speak, I'm happy to inform you that I'm on my way to Ethiopia and Isababa mm-hmm. because from the 2nd of March to the 6th of March, we are actually having a discussion at the continental level in Africa where the people who have taken a role in the preparation for this synod of synodality will be meeting for the deliberations that actually are supposed to be what they're calling the deliberations of the continental face. Hmm. And I'll be there representing the youth in Africa under BBI, Hmm. what we're calling the, you know, the digital synod, the church listens to you. And that's the reason why I'm going for these deliberations. And you can imagine the joy I have for me to share with the church in Africa about the Building Bridges Initiative and also to share with them this initiative where I tend to think there are some of the bishops in Africa, actually, who do not know what BBI is all about, but my sharing with them will actually be of importance in it they will come to learn about bbi when you look at the continental uh you know wacky document Mm -hmm. you realize that uh, number 35 speaks about involvement of the youth in the synod of synodality and they are speaking of the digital synod and this is where no other group is involved in the church except the youths. Mm. 
and we are represented by our youths in Africa. Mm -hmm. And we are happy to be part and parcel of the Synod of Synodality journey with the youths representing the church virtually in the digital space. So it's a great moment. It's a great encounter. And I tell you, as I, you know, as I speak to you now, the youths actually are getting ready. We have a next meeting, which is about, actually, which has started because the youth are now responding to the questions that have been posed from the Vatican. And these questions have gone into the entire world where the youth now are discussing about the Synod of Synodality digitally. Mm -hmm. They are responding to modules that are being set Mm -hmm. by the, you know, Dicastery for Communications in the Vatican. Mm -hmm. And these responses that the youth are actually collecting from Africa will be put together, summarized, and these will be presented in the next step in the church as we come to the conclusion of the Synod of Synodality in the year 2024. What a joy wow. to see the young men and women, not only in Africa, in the world, being involved in the digital a world in the discussion of matters that pertain to the church. It's a prayer, as my sister Titilao said, that the various activities that the youths are carrying out mm -hmm. will not only help them physically, but also spiritually. Yeah. Because we are looking at what we are calling faith, uh, you know, uh, you know regeneration. Mm -hmm. The faith is there, but we need to revive it. We need to bring it to work again because you realize most of the youths have received the sacrament of baptism. Mm -hmm. Yes, they became Christians by virtue of the faith of their parents. Mm -hmm. Some of them started going to school. They have forgotten their faith because they are more to the social world. They are more to academia, forgetting that there's faith that has to be taken care of. This is what we are reviving right now. This is what we are trying to see through the synodal process using the means that is so dear to them the digital world how yeah. they can now regenerate again yeah. rethink about their faith live their faith yeah. not only in words but in action because we are speaking of a lived faith experience through the best practices and these best yeah. practices that the youth can embrace is by doing research being involved in planetaries, being involved in discussing about their matters of faith with the rest of right. the youth in the world right. using the digital space, and of course, even get involved in teaching, speaking to one another yeah. and helping one another to live a fully Christian faith a life and actually revive mm -hmm. their faith and live it to the fullest. And oh we thank gosh. the Holy Father for this because it's because of him that yeah. we are here. Uh, and we thank right. God. Yeah, well, I'm afraid we're out of time. Thank you so much, Sister Leonida. And Sister Titilayo, I think she must have lost the connection, but we are glad to have both of you with us today. I want to make sure our listeners hear you can learn more about Pact Pan, the Pan-African Catholic Theology and Pastoral Network online at pactpan.org. There's podcasts, you can find them on Facebook, you can find bulletins, news items, publications, all kinds of great stuff. And those of you who are watching us on uh, YouTube, you can see images from the website as we talk here. So thank you so much for joining us, Sister Titilayo, Sister Leonida, all the way from Africa. Um, may the hope, compassion, and joy that you both bring to your ministries continue uh, uh, to fuel like many to more years of leadership. Just uh, say that. Um, can well, I go on? 
we're actually we're out of time. I'm sorry, Sister Tadilayo, but thank you so much for your work, your leadership with God's people. To if, again, go to that website p a c t p a n dot o r g to learn more. And thank you for listening. Remember, always be on mission. <laughs>